want to invite you, if you have a Bible, to turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. It's the first gospel in the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you want to scroll there on your phone, go ahead and get that glow on your face of the word. And we'll also have it for you up here on the screen. We're in a series that we've titled Deepen. And the idea of deepen by definition means you're moving beyond the surface. So if you want to go deeper in the word, you got to move beyond serviceable reading. If you want to go deeper in your relationship with somebody, don't just stay on the surface of that relationship. Go deeper. If you want to go deeper into the water, it means you got to take a step into deeper parts. Amen? And that's what we're doing here as a church for these 21 days in the month of January. It's day number 14, and we're going deeper into him. I want to encourage you to do that here with me today as we open up to Matthew 14. Last week, I preached a message that I I titled, Deeper in the Gospel. And today, I want to build on that message as we look to what some may know as a familiar passage. And for others, this may be the first time you visited it. Uh, But let's look at this moment closely in the Word. And what I want to invite you to do is Try to read the Bible uh, from a visual perspective. Jump into the, to the moment here. Put yourself in the boat. Put yourself on the sea. Put yourself in the moment. Go, go into the word and allow it to come alive in a fresh way. Amen? Amen. If you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. let's eat. Let's eat. Father, as we now get ready to eat from your word, uh, Lord, we ask you for your help. Holy Spirit, we pray you would come down and open our minds, open our hearts, God, help us to see you clearly through the word. And Lord, we pray together that you would take us deeper now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Now, the context of this is that Jesus just got finished feeding the 5,000 plus, right? He does this miraculous moment. He takes a little boy's happy meal. Come on. Two, two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread. And he says, I can do a lot with a little. If you come to me by faith and you just bring what you have, Jesus can take it and multiply it and even use it to feed many people. That's a different sermon, all right? But that's what just happened. And Jesus says, I want you now to get into the boat and go to the other side of the sea. That's the context of verse 22. Here we go. Let's look at this together. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat, and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Scripture says, when evening came, he was there alone. Verse 24, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But I love verse 27 here. In fact, let's go ahead and read verse 27 together. It says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Come on, somebody amen that right there. Let that be a word from Jesus to your heart here today as well. Verse 28, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you 
doubt. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. The word of the Lord. I want to go ahead and preach a message to you today from the subject titled, Deepen My Trust. Deepen My Trust. I believe everybody here in the room today can benefit from the reminder that you can still go a little deeper in your trust in Jesus. He calls us to not, not just believe in him, but trust in him. Because I think that you can have this intellectual belief that, yeah, Jesus is real. There's, there's the big guy upstairs. Or, you know, I believe in a higher power. I hear all types of different thoughts when it comes to God and when it comes to belief. But sometimes I want to I take it a, deep, a step, lay, a layer a little bit further. Do you trust him? You know what I'm saying? But do, do we trust him? Let me give you a definition for the word trust so we can all be on the same page. First definition I found comes from Webster's Dictionary. Trust is an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. When you say you trust someone, here's what you're saying. You're saying, I'm sure that you're reliable. When you say, I can trust you, I can trust your character. I can trust your ability. I can trust your strength. I can trust your truth. That's, that's what we're bringing to the table when we say, Lord, deepen my, my trust. I think sometimes when we're in a comfortable season, it's easy to say you trust him when everything's going well. But can you trust him when it's not going well and you need to rely on his character and you need to rely on his strength and ability and truth? Can you trust him? Lord, deepen my trust. My prayer for us today is that that would be us here at Walk Church, that, that we would have such a trust for the Lord that it's not just serviceable trust, but when the Holy Spirit nudges you and says, I want you to go talk to that person, you can trust him. Or when the Spirit of God says, hey, I think, I, I think you, I'm ready for you to move out of this situation. It's not there that you go, oh yeah, I believe in you, Jesus, but here's a moment where you can trust him. Or when the, the Lord says, I want you to step out in faith, even though you don't know what's on the other side, I want you to trust me. I want you to be assured that you can rely on me, that my character and my strength and my truth is good for you. You can trust me. Amen. When the Lord says, okay, I'm glad you showed up. Now I want you to give something away. Whoa. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you with my home. I trust you with my hands. I trust you with my life, my family. Lord, deepen my trust. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's where we're going here today. One of my favorite verses from King David is Psalm 20, verse 7. Let's read this off the screen. Ready, set, go. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Uh, yeah? We, we're not putting our trust in our chariots. <laughs> we're not putting our trust in our horsepower. Amen? We're not putting our trust in our bank account. Somebody, big amen. We're not putting our, our trust in our kids. Oh, please, don't trust in your kids because they're going to let you down. And kids, don't put your final amount of trust in your parents. They're going to let you down. Now, I'm not saying that trust is not something that we should utilize in our personable relationships or, you know, fill your car up with gas and trust it. I'm, I'm good with that. But I'm talking about a trust in the Lord for the things that your resources can't do right? For the things of this world can't fulfill. There's things that only God can do. He's put eternity in your heart. Will you trust him with eternity? 
Will you trust him with your life, your deepest struggles, your pain, your sin? Lord, Lord, we trust you. This is the moment that I feel like the disciples were at in the, the Bible here. Some would argue that it wasn't really clear if the disciples had faith in Jesus in a trusting level yet at this point. They had seen Jesus move. They had been following Jesus. But there's something about the walking on water moment that, that changed things for the disciples in the way they trusted him. I want to look clearly and closely at the text here today. And my prayer is that we'll get something fresh out of it. Let's go ahead and look at this passage. In verse 22, it says, He made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of the sea while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the, the crowds, he went up on the mountain to, to pray by himself. I think there's, it's important to catch that moment right there because it shows that Jesus is prioritizing prayer. And I want to say that to our church because that's something that we prioritize as a church family as well. We, we don't want to just be a church that prays, but we want to be a praying church. A church that prays says, yeah, we say prayers before the dinner time. It's robotic, and it oftentimes just goes like this. No, a praying church says, no, we prioritize the purpose of praying because we love God and we want to hear him speak. And because we speak back to him in prayer and he responds to the prayers of his people. And there's something powerful that Jesus shows us in Matthew 14 by setting himself apart and praying. There's only a few times where you see Jesus by himself praying like this, and it always leads into a powerful moment. And so I want to even give you that quick reminder before we go deeper into the text that Jesus models something for us. He just does a miracle. He feeds the 5,000 plus. But what he doesn't do is go home, kick his feet up, and turn on Sports Center. <laughs> something that convicted me about going deeper is Jesus says, all right, I just did this miracle. I sent the disciples away. Now I'm going to go spend time with the Father. Where I think he would maybe, you know, celebrate the miraculous moment. He does celebrate it with the Father. He says, I'm carving out time and I don't need the disciples with me for this. I need to just spend time with him. And I see a model here for passionate worship-based prayer that doesn't have to have a camera on. It doesn't, you don't have to tell everybody about it. It's just you in the closet with the Lord spending time with God the Father. Jesus models this here for us. And I think, you know what? I don't know if I have trust like that. Lord, take me deeper. Deepen my trust to live out some of the things of Jesus. So now, it's the fourth watch of the night. Many scholars believe this is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It's nighttime. It's dark. And we get the context as to what just happened. Scripture tells us, when evening came, he was there alone. Verse 24, the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. So I want you to just imagine the moment, right? There's a lot of wind. There's a lot of waves. The boat is beaten up. There's no LED lights. There's no iPhones. And the disciples are tired. And the context says that the disciples were, were scared. Disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were terrified and said, it's a ghost. They were tripping. And so would you have been, all right? Just in case you want to be the elite disciple in the group. And you're thinking, here's what I would have done. You would have probably been wet. And you would have been sad that your Nikes got wet. 
and you like me would have been, where's Jesus? <laughs> we need him. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. The first point of this sermon when it comes to trust is trust Jesus with your fear. For my note takers in the room or my screenshotters, uh, write this down. Trust Jesus with your fear. I know it's basic, but I also know that everybody has some sort of fear. Some level of fear that occasionally will just spark up in you. And if you say, hey, you know what, I, I, I don't have, and I, I don't fear anything, I would say you might be unaware, <clears throat> potentially delusional or prideful. <laughs> All of us at some point in our humanity, in our flesh, have moments of fear. But I wanted to encourage you with the verse of 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but instead has given us a spirit of power and love and self-control. You can trust Jesus. In other words, you can depend with confidence upon his ability, his strength, his reliability. Trust Jesus with your fear. I'm going to give you a point, and then I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. All right? These are just some tools for this week. I want this to be like the huddle, and then we go run the play on Monday. Amen? Here's the intentional prayer. Lord, calm my fears. I want you to take that And use it this week when you're driving. Use it this week when you're going into a meeting. Use it this week when you're going and you're not sure how things are going to go. Or maybe use it this week when you're visiting family. Whatever that may be, Lord, calm my fears. If Jesus can calm the storms in Matthew 14, he can calm the fears of 2023. Amen? If Jesus can look at the storm here and calm the disciples and say, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid, he can do that in your life. Lord, calm my fears. You know who modeled this? A guy named David, known as a man after God's own heart, deeply sinful and wicked, but also deeply reverent toward the Lord in worship. Here's what David says in Psalm 56. He writes, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I want to go ahead and amen King David here in this Psalm. When I'm afraid, Psalm 56, go visit it. It's called the Psalm of Trust. When I'm afraid, David goes, David goes, Saul killed a thousand, I killed 10,000, but I still get afraid. And it's in those moments that I put my trust in him. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, some trust in their job or in their bank account or sex or life or shoes or whatever it may be. Trust in him. Trust in him. I put my trust in you. There's this moment here in the scripture that I think is really profound you find the, the, the disciples in the boat, they're a long way off from where they were, and all of a sudden the wind and the waves hit. See, I just want to think logically that the disciples thought when Jesus sent them out, like they just had this feeding of the 5,000 moment, they collected all the leftovers, and now Jesus is like, get on the boat and go. And they're like, all right, are you coming with us? Nah. And then Jesus dismisses the crowds and goes up and has a prayer time. I wonder if the disciples thought, we're just following Jesus here. It's clearly going to be a smooth ride. You know, Jesus told me, Jesus called me to get in the boat and he called me to go. So it's going to be easy, smooth, right? I just want to tell you, when Jesus calls you to do something, expect a storm. Some days might be better than others, but I want to blow up the thought, this easy breezy 
beautiful walk with Jesus that doesn't have any problems. That, that is like, just, I'm just flowing through the field. I'm in slow motion. The birds are chirping. The sun is out. No, that is not the case here. This, and, and they're doing everything Jesus told them to do. And I'm afraid I put my trust in you. So the disciples are out there and then there's interruption happens. What's the interruption? It's the storm. It starts getting windy. The waves start to go into the boat. It says the, the boat was being beaten by the waves. I, um, I recorded a podcast recently. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to check out the Hyden Ratner Level Up Leadership Podcast, but thank you for that. That's awesome. Um, would love for you to subscribe and check it out. We actually released a new episode this morning. And um, I think you'll be able to level up by showing up, and that's the content of today. But I did, a, um, I did a podcast a few weeks ago with Pastor Travis Ogle, and we were talking about how to have an effective 2023, how to not just talk about your goals, but meet your goals. And he gave this line, and I, it's been sticking with me. I'll, I'll put it up here on the screen. He said, interruptions from Jesus are invitations to Jesus. And that spoke to me because he was talking about how you can, you can plan all of 2023. You can be structured and have your goals and have your daily planning, but interruptions will happen. Right. You could say, I'm going to go from point A of Galilee. I'm going to get in the boat because Jesus told me to, and I'm going to go to the point B, and I'm going to get over here. But can I just tell you, interruptions can happen. And I just want to encourage you today, when interruptions do happen, receive them as an invitation from Jesus. That this interruption that caused you to say, hold on, time out, what just happened, I'm afraid, is actually an invitation of faith. It's an invitation to go to him and say, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do in this situation? This week, when you get an interruption, look, look at it and assess it and say, Lord, calm my fear and invite him in. It could be Jesus himself walking into your moment. They thought it was a ghost. It was an invitation. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, they thought, hey, Jesus, what? Something's missing. And Jesus goes, I'm I'm, it's me. Invite me in. Jesus, take me deeper in my trust, even with the things that I fear. And so today I want to encourage you with that. If you are fearing some type of health concern, we had some prayers for that in the 9 a.m. service. If you're fearing a financial concern, if you're fearing something relationally or emotionally or even just mentally, invite Jesus in. The interruption of fear is an invitation to him. Amen. The interruption, the interru I get it. It's an interruption. But if you watch the disciples' lives, the interruptions are always around the corner. And could it have been that Jesus sent them without him in that moment just to test them? And he put them into a storm so that he could show up and he could teach them a lesson about trust and faith in that moment. He can do that in our lives, amen? Yeah. Let me keep reading. There's more to this story that I want to encourage you with. The text continues, Matthew 14. We, we, we find now uh, Jesus says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. We pick it up in verse 29, 29. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. I love this moment right here. Point number two of the sermon is this. Trust Jesus with your faith. 
Trust Jesus with your fear, for sure. And trust Jesus with your faith. I want you to write this point down. It's a reality statement. It's something that I think will help you. You can draw upon it and get better from it. And here's the statement. It's this. God blesses active faith. God blesses active faith. In fact, just to prove this point in the scripture all the more, help me, help me with some biblical examples. Is there some active faith moments that you can think of throughout the Bible where somebody didn't just have faith that caused them to sit on it, but faith that caused them to walk in it? I'm thinking of somebody like Noah, right? This cat Noah gets this word from God in the first couple chapters of Genesis. God speaks sovereignly to Noah and his family and says, I'm going to send a flood. One day it's going to start raining and it's going to keep going for 40 days and you better start building. And and Noah had active faith to say, all right, give me a hammer, give me some wood, let's start building this boat. And for years, Noah was building while everybody else was watching. And Noah was even telling people, this is about to happen. But it's the difference between active faith and chilling faith. I'll handle that when it starts raining. It's going to be too late. You better get active now. Somebody say, get active. Active faith. I'm thinking about David. I'm thinking about there's this Goliath who's talking a bunch of stuff and he is taunting the Israelites and he's taunting God's people. And David's in the background like, y'all going to just let them. David's just trying to be a good shepherd boy. He's like walking around with cups of water. Anybody need some water? And finally, David looks at Saul and says, yo, Saul, I'm about to get active. I can use this, these stones and this slingshot and I can handle this because the Lord's with me. I'm thinking about a guy named Daniel who King Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, look, look, you can't pray to anybody else but me. And Daniel says, I'm going to pray to my God on these three occasions up by the window. And that's how I roll because I have active faith. And they say, well, if you do that, we're going to throw you into the lion's den. And Daniel goes, well, I'm going to get active with the lion's. We're going to have faith. And there's something about active faith that takes a step. I think about this lady in the Bible. One of my favorite people in the scripture is Ruth. Ruth, this four-chapter little book, is packed with so much power. In her story, there's love, there's, there's romance, and there's deep active faith. For example, just in a quick moment, you find in the beginning of the story of Ruth, Ruth is a Moabite. She's not from the homeland of Israel. She's married to a man and uh, he ends up dying. And it's very sad in the first chapter. And her mother-in-law, Naomi, who is from Bethlehem, says, I'm moving back to Bethlehem. And Ruth attaches her by faith to Naomi and says, I'm going with you. And your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And wherever you go, I'll go. Active faith. Never been to Bethlehem, but I'm gonna just be active. She gets there to Bethlehem and says, okay, now what am I going to do? I'm just going to just chill? No. She goes, I'm going to go to the field. I'm going to start working. And when I start doing that, God will bless me. Active faith. She goes to the field. She starts picking grains and she's praying, Lord, I know you got a divine appointment for me somewhere. Makes eye contact with Boaz. Now, if, if one, if Ruth would have never went, we would never know her. If she would have never went out into the fields to pick some grains, she would have never saw him. Can I just tell you, there's something about active faith that moves people and that moves God. I want to tell you today, this is Walk Church. You got to take a step. You got to take a step. 
And you got to do it by faith. Lord, deepen, Lord, deepen my faith. Lord, Lord, deepen my faith. I feel like I have these moments all the time throughout the week. The Holy Spirit will give me a nudge. Hey, I want you to go do this. Hey, I want you to go say that. Hey, I want you to go invite. Hey, I want you to go give this. I want you to bless this person. I want you to let these things go. And there's this moment of like, I can argue. I can have a conversation. I could pray about it for like a 10 years. It's like, <laughs> or I could just get active and trust God with it. This is Peter's moment for active faith. Let's look at the verses one more time. Peter answered him, 28, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, came to Jesus. Blows my mind. Whatever you think about Peter, like for those who know Peter's story, it's all over the place, like a lot of ours. Amen? Amen. Right? Like you might say, hey, yeah, Peter, man, that cat denied Jesus on the toughest night of his life. And you're absolutely right. But that brother walked on water too. The thing I love about Peter is like, this is a great statistic in his book. <laughs> he did that by faith. But not only did, did Peter deny Jesus three times, but come on, he had an incredible comeback, didn't he? Where, where he not only denied him, but on the same sea, he ended up seeing Jesus, the risen Jesus. He ran to him and Jesus restored Peter back to ministry and said, follow me and feed my people. And restored the joy to him as well. And you can find a, a faithful follower of Jesus in the book of Acts in Peter. Here's this moment where Peter says, come. I'm going to join you out on the, the water. I want you to imagine this moment because sometimes I think we, we draw this picture in our head. And it's like a nice cool day. And, the, and you know, the sun's out and it's just... The, the, the water is super calm and like Peter just very elegantly steps on the water. That is not the picture. At, at no point does it say the wind stopped. And sometimes I think we see the boat as a sailboat. This is a big boat. To step out of this boat is like a drop. You're either going to sink or there's a miracle that's going to happen. And mind you, it's like 3 or 4 a.m. It's windy and it's rainy, and the waves are beating the boat. And there's Jesus, and here's all the disciples. And Peter goes, I don't know about y'all, but this is my moment. Active faith. And he says, Jesus, can I come to you? And I love how Jesus says, let's do it. Jesus doesn't deny it. He says, if you got faith to walk, let's talk. I once heard it put like this. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. Amen? I don't know about you, but I think that there's something about that that's compelling to me. It, it requires faith to take a step. But watch Jesus meet you in that moment. Let me give you the second prayer to pray. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. If the first prayer is this, Lord, calm my fears. Lord, calm my fears. Lord, increase my faith. If you pray those prayers throughout the day, I bet you God will bless them. They're God-dependent prayers. Let's keep on reading. What happens next is really startling, and I'm grateful for the humanity of Peter. Verse 30 says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. What a beautiful verse. Verse 30 talks about how 
Peter saw the wind and began to sink. These are what we call distractions. Don't, isn't there things that distract us at times? Distract us from keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Distract us from following him with active faith. Distract us. And when distractions come, they invite fear. Saw the wind, began to be afraid. Today, I want to encourage you with this third point. Trust the Lord with your focus. Lord, I trust you with my fear. You got it. Lord, I trust you with my faith. I'm active. Lord, I trust you with my focus. I'm locked in. This has to be a more focused year. I was so tempted to title this sermon, Deep in My Focus. But I realized in order for us to have this type of focus, you got to first have this type of trust. You got to trust the Lord to step out of the boat in order for you to focus. Let me give you the definition for focus. Focus means a center of activity, attraction, or attention. What is the center of your activity? Is it Jesus or someone or something else that's focused on him? Attraction. Are you attracted to him? Jesus, I want more of you. What what about your attention? In this moment, Peter, I just want to imagine, has locked in attention. I don't know about you. I do know that for me, if I was going to take this step, I would probably have been one of the disciples. I don't know if I would have went for the step. I might have been, I might have not. I might have wanted to see somebody go first, right? No shade to that person. Peter goes for it. And I would imagine he was locked in. Not even a single blink. Again, remember the setting. I just get kind of nervous thinking about the setting. And Peter steps out, and I just could see him locked in. And then he takes one step, two steps, three steps. We don't know how many steps he took, but he walked on the water. His focus, his center of his activity was on Jesus. But then what does the scripture say in verse 30? It says, when he saw the wind. I don't really even know how you see the wind. But something distracted him. Something, he was focused, and then he took his eyes off. And what does that lead to? It leads to fear. It leads to sinking. It leads to crying. It leads to, now he's knee deep in the water, and now he's panicking. Here's Here's a reality statement. I want you to write it down. Distractions cause us to sink. Distractions cause us to sink. And the reason why I want to give you that word is because I want, I want you to try to identify your distractions. Like what are the things that are distracting you from having active faith? What are the things that are distracting you from following Christ? What are the things that are distracting you from going all in? Identify those things, circle them, and begin to eliminate them. You might have to have a conversation. It could be even with a food. You might look at that food and be like, this food right here, you're a distraction. And I got I to gotta drag and drop you into the recyclable bin. Oh, yeah, come on. It, it, it could be a person in the most loving way. Yeah. You might have to tell a person in love, with integrity. I'm not trying to be rude, but you're a distraction. And I need to focus. And every time I'm with you, I take my eyes off of him. Oh, and... And, and, and because of that, 
I realize I'm sinking. And you got to eliminate some distractions so that you could walk on water. You got to identify some distractions. Some things will help you get active in your faith. Other things will help you deactivate your faith. Certain things will come up in your life and now all of a sudden you're reading less. You're praying less. You, you were doing this on Wednesday night. Now you got something else to do on Wednesday. You were engaging in this way. You were going strong. And you're like, what happened? Here's what happened. You just got distracted. And it wasn't a, a, a fast sink. It was a gradual sink. And now you're more fearful than ever. And now you're confused and foggy. And you're like, what am I supposed to do? You just got to get back to where you know to go. And fix your eyes on him. And focus back on him. And when he tells you to take a step, take a step. And when he tells you to move, move. And trust him with your fears. Trust him with your faith. Come on, trust him with your focus. This is Peter here. Let me give you the third prayer. The third prayer is this. Lord, help me focus. So now, throughout your day, I want to encourage you to pray these prayers. Lord, calm my fears. Lord, Help me focus. Lord, increase my faith. You just start praying those prayers all day. All day. Watch God do it. Here's a question. It's a reflection question, and we're almost done, and we're going to respond. Reflection question. What are the winds and waves in your life? Write them down. Put them in your notes on your phone. And just start to think, what are the things that caused me to take my eyes off Jesus. Those are the winds. Those are the waves. Instead of looking left, instead of looking right, you're looking up. And you're saying, this is what I'm, he's, he's gonna be the focus. Because here's what I found. When you have intense focus on Jesus and you really lock in, he takes care of everything else. When you're really focused in on him, he gives you the answers. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you the peace. He sustains you. He gives you focus. He gives you power. He gives you grace. He gives you uh, the ability to go. Come on. Uh, You just got to turn the resolution. Dial in on Jesus again. Let me move into the last and final point. And I hope this last and final point encourages you. It's trust Jesus with your failures. I want to give you these four words that start with the letter F when it comes to trust. When it comes to trust, the word trust is not just an intellectual belief. The word trust means that you are sure he's going to come through, that you are assured in his ability. Trust means I I, I trust him because I'm confident in him. I trust Jesus with my fears. I trust Jesus with my faith. I trust Jesus with my focus. And and I sometimes even blow it and I fail and I trust him with those two. The good news of the gospel is that even if you don't get it right on any of these three, you can still call on Jesus and he'll be there. Because the gospel is not about what you can do for him. The gospel is about what he has already done for you. And you can take hold of it. Isn't it good news? That Jesus' saving power and Jesus' love for you and Jesus' goodness and kindness is not dependent on your good or bad deeds. He's not waiting for you to get it right in order to... 
extend his hand. He's right there with you. He's watching you. And he's, and he's building something in you too. And his blood is sufficient for today. Look at this passage as it closes, right? Here's what happens. Last Verse 30 told us that Peter was sinking. Verse 30, it says, when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Whoa, what a prayer to pray. We need to pray these LSM prayers all the time. Lord, save me. And it's not like a, I need to go get saved and come to the altar and pray a, a salvation prayer again. It's just, Lord, Lord save me from this situation. <laughs> Lord, Lord, help me make it through this moment. Lord, I made the wrong decision. I shouldn't be at this place right now, and now I feel convicted. Lord, help me. Lord, I, I watched this again. Lord, help me. Lord, I called that person again. Lord, save me from that. God, help me make the better decision next time. And here's the good news. Jesus, immediately. Somebody say immediately. immediately. Oh, man. Immediately. Like, Jesus could have got a chuckle off like, ha. <laughs> Fine immediately reaches out his hand and took hold of him. This is the gospel. As you go deeper in your trust, go deeper in the good news that Jesus immediately wraps you in his arms and is proud of Peter and even says, dude, what happened? Why'd you doubt? You were doing great. You were walking on water, Pete. And they go back into the boat. And I wonder if all the disciples are like, whoa. Because it says they got back in the boat and suddenly the wind calmed and suddenly the storm ceased. And I wonder if they had a Bible study about what just happened. Like, (laughs) what what did everybody learn right there? And Peter's just drenched and he's wet. I'd rather be be all wet with faith to try than be all dry and critiquing what everybody else is doing. God, give me that active faith. Because even if I fail, I fail forward. Even if I start sinking, I sink into the hands of Jesus. I I, I fall forward into the gospel because it's not dependent on if I blow it or not. Because that's already handled at the cross. That's already handled at the empty tomb. So I can step out with active faith and know that he's going to catch me if I fall. So Lord, take me deeper in my trust. That's the final prayer, and the worship team is going to help us close. The final prayer is this, Lord, redeem my failures. Lord, Lord redeem my fit. All, all the times I miss it, Lord, redeem it. The times that I, I tried and I, and, I, and, I, and I failed, Lord, just take those failures and redeem them. Turn a negative into a positive. I didn't lose, I learned. I'm growing. My salvation wasn't dependent upon if I walked on water or not, but I wanted to do it <laughs> by faith. I already, I already have right standing with Jesus. Now I'm going to move by faith. Lord, redeem my failures. So I, my, my prayer is that, that you'll maneuver through life with faith that says, Lord, calm my fears. You calm the storms. Lord, Lord increase my faith. You know, in the Bible, there's this story about a a dad who had a sick child comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, can you heal my child? And Jesus says, do you believe? And what is the father's response? Lord, increase my belief. Lord, increase my faith. I think I do. 
I believe. Increase it. Lord, 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 deepen my trust. Help me to focus. When I'm distracted, anybody else? I'm the most, come on. I, I see the squirrels all over. Squirrel, squirrel. I feel you. I, I'm praying this prayer as much as anybody. Lord, help me focus. God, help me to focus on the conversation in front of me. Help me to trust you with everything else around me. Lord, help me to focus on the, the, the present. Help me to trust you with the future. Lord, help me to focus on what you're doing, not on what you're not doing. And I, I'll, I'll be honest. I've, I've had to learn that in just in church life. Sometimes as a pastor, you, you can kind of get focused on everybody who wasn't there. And Jesus is like, why don't you focus on who is there? And focus on what I'm doing. What I'm doing. And finally, Lord, I trust you with my failures. You can have it. Redeem them. Take them and make them new again. Give me another chance. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this word. I pray it was helpful for somebody. And Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in this room. If anybody just needs to pray a Lord save me prayer right now, I want to invite you to pray it and trust immediately Jesus is going to grab your hand. Just pray this with me. Just say, Lord, here I am. I believe in you. I want to know you more. Forgive me of my sins. Strengthen me. Encourage me. Deepen my trust. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my King. I receive you as my friend. I'm ready to walk. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, somebody.